Howdy, friends, and welcome to the Rope Droppers Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Disney needs. My name is Glenn, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts Landon and Colby. And today we're going to be discussing Pixar's Onward in the newest segment called Rewatchables. And then we're going to jump on in to Respect, Refurbish, Retheme, and tackle probably our biggest project to date with the future world side of Epcot which has a little bit of a different name, but we'll jump into that. Then we're going to jump into a draft of the most thrilling rides in Disney World. I'm super excited for this, but the twist is it's the most thrilling rides at night. So I'm really hyped. I think it'll it's a nice twist on a draft of just the thrilling rides. So I'm hyped. Then as usual, we're going to wrap things up with the Disney Trivia Showdown. So we're not going to keep you waiting any longer, and we're going to jump straight in to Rewatchables. So let's jump on into it. All right, I'm really excited for this new segment. So basically, we're going to be taking a Disney movie each time we do this. We're going to rewatch it, review it, and then say what we took away from it a second time. The first movie that we're ever going to do on Rewatchables is we're going to be rewatching the 2020 Pixar film Onward. So let's just start with our initial reviews. Glenn, what did you rate this? Honestly, we're rating these out of like five stars, right? That's what we're going with. Out of Yes, out of five. Out of five, Onward is one of those like decently underrated Pixar movies in my head. So I'm just going straight up. I'm going four stars. I think it's better than average, which would be like three stars in my head. So I think it's I think it's pretty good. It's one of my favorites. So I'm going with four stars. What about you, Landon? Yeah, I totally agree. It is definitely better than average. I have it right at three point seven five. So I put a little point in there, but that's what I have. That's fair. That's fair. So I gave this a solid 3.5, and I can be a tough critic on movies, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I do enjoy this movie a lot. If I give a movie a 3.5, I really enjoyed it. Now, overall, like rewatching this movie, so the first time I watched this movie was actually in 2020 with Glenn, mm-hmm. believe it or not, in the theaters at Disney Springs. This was the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID hit, of course. And a lot of people, no one really talks about this movie. And it really is because of the time it came out. Because it came out, I think, maybe two weeks before COVID hit. And so, obviously, no one really had the opportunity to see it unless you saw it in that first two weeks, which we happened to. And I have not yeah. seen it since then. And I remember really liking it, actually. But I remember crying in the theater with you. That's something yeah, I dude, it else. was that was good. It was definitely emotional, and I forgot how emotional it was. The part at the end with Barley and uh, we remind me the first guy, the main guy's name, Barley Ian. and Ian. Yeah, so Barley and Ian, they're brothers. I do love the that it's Dungeons and Dragons, and they're on a quest, and I thought they did that really well. Yeah. But really, what draws me to really appreciate this movie is like the, the emotional climax. We all long for someone to look up to, just in life, to guide us. Whether that be a parent, whether that be uh, another figure in our life, to guide us, to help us figure out who we're meant to be. That's just a really relatable thing. And I think both Ian and Barley are constantly looking for that. And of course, that's in their dad, who yeah. unfortunately passed away and we don't always get that person the way we thought but there's always someone that helps form you and we should take time to appreciate those people i just think that's such a beautiful this movie really showed that in a beautiful way and even though ian never really got to meet his father barley was that guy the whole time yeah and that's just so cool i i really appreciated this movie just it was really good yeah the ending was so special. Really did show like that unity and the brotherhood, but also 
that figure that people look up to. You said that great. I think that's a pretty good summary on what makes this movie so special as far as even in the Disney catalog, there's not a lot of movies where where I feel like the hero ends up being someone that like, or the figure that he looks up to is someone that he's had all along. I feel like Disney always swoops in with those like, oh, like in Hercules, for example, it's his dad. Like it's that's who he's looked up to like his whole life. And like, it's this untouchable figure. But Ian was constantly looking for his dad, was constantly looking for someone to rate, like, to because he didn't have that, but he did the whole time in Barley, and I think that's super duper special. I also mm. love the fantasy trope of this movie. I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons guy, and I think that for Disney, this being Disney's take on, like, fantasy adventure quest style storyline, I think it did such a good job. And it makes me sad that it came out in such a difficult time, and not only the world, but, like, for not only for the Disney company, but for the world. I would love for this movie to have actually gotten the love it deserves in my head because you got stars like the two main guys it's tom holland and chris pratt those are the yeah, two that's those are the two. some stars yeah i, I had no idea that. yeah which is crazy you... that go ahead no go ahead no i just think it's crazy that they that's who they were like and it's still bombed but i think this was the yeah. beginning of disney's box office failures that we've seen in recent years was this movie because of the time it came out and I remember Chris Pratt and Tom Holland both like putting stuff on their stories and posting on Instagram and stuff like that, advertising this movie. That's why I still mm-hmm. shocked that it flopped and it just had to be the time. Yeah. This is the first movie that like the Disney company ever released on Disney Plus early. This was the movie just because of the time Disney Plus had just launched and everything yeah. was so new that they, and then it was just the right timing. And so they put it out there and nobody watched it. So I don't know. It's sad. That's right. But hey. That's why we rewatched it. Yeah, that's why. Hey, we gave them three more views this week at least. So, <laughs> Disney, yeah. give this movie some love. Yeah, I, I actually. Re- Go ahead. Go ahead, Coley. You got it. I rewatched it. I rewatched it, and then I watched the ending again today. <laughs> yeah, just so I just the ending is really moving. I just yeah. think in general it it really hits home in a way that. Not a lot of movies do, and especially this is an animated movie. And I know Pixar does that really well, but it catches me off guard how just how well done the ending is. Uh, there are parts about the movie that I didn't love. I think the middle kind of takes me out of it sometimes because it drags. It's not bad, but I think that the whole movie is leading up to this emotional climax at the end. If that makes sense. And sometimes I get lost in their side quests throughout the movie, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And I think that's like my only main criticism of this movie. And I do think they missed on another opportunity to touch on a theme that they set up. They set up a theme really well at the beginning. I wrote it down so I didn't forget it, but they had that opportunity really hit hard on the magic in the world that is lost when we let kind of technology control us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that was a cool thing that they could have really dived into more, but they didn't end up doing that, which is okay. I, and I get that that's not the point of the movie because the point of the movie was family and Barley and Ian and like all those things and them trying to find their father. But I don't know. That's my only gripe, I think. Yeah, I respect it. I don't know. I definitely want to watch it again at some point. I think it'd be... I, this movie was really... A good on a rewatch and so i will definitely be checking it out again i have another question for y'all now that we've talked about it but would you want to see onward come to the parks why and where if so right now i would say no now in the future if disney tries to 
baby hole section. I know Glenn said this before, but I think that's where it will belong. But I totally agree with what he said on maybe one day, but not now. Yep. I think that, Landon said I touched on it a little bit, but I think that Onward doesn't really fit anywhere in Disney parks right now. And I don't want it to get some like like out there meet and greet or anything like that. I would like it to get some serious love in a park. So I think that if they ever introduced like a Pixar style city into the city mix, like a Metropolis or like uh, like something like that, like either in Hollywood Studios, potential for it. I think it would fit really well there, or we've discussed on this podcast, or we will at some point discuss potentially putting a Beastly Kingdom in Animal Kingdom. I think that putting like the Manticore Tavern or something like that as the quick service restaurant for that section of the park would be a really cool idea. I completely agree with Landon that I would love to see Onward come to the parks, but I there's nowhere where I would put it right now. Yeah. I really struggle with this question, and I think my answer is no also. I... I don't think that every property needs to come to the parks because it just exists so perfectly in its own movie and its own realm. Now, I don't know if that this will be that for forever, but the only place I could see this coming to is Animal Kingdom. But I just don't really know what I would do. I like the idea of the tavern. I didn't really think about that. I like that idea, but I think as of right now, I'm going to say no. Great movie, though. That's fair. That's fair. But I think that kind of talking about where we would put Onward in the parks, I think it really segues us really nicely into our next section of the podcast with Refresh, Refurbish, Retheme. And this is the part of the show, which is my favorite, where we get to decide if we put properties like Onward into the park. Basically, what we do is we go through a park. This week, we're in Epcot, and we decide whether or not we would update it, keep it, or completely change it. So respect, refurbish, rethink. And there's a lot to discuss as far as Epcot goes. So to make it a little bit easier, we're not just going to jump right into the middle of future world. We're going to go by the new quote unquote worlds that Ep- Disney has introduced for Epcot. So we're going to be starting at the entrance of the park and then moving into world discovery where you can find things like Guardians of the Galaxy, and you can find the Abandoned Play Pavilion, as well as Test Track and Mission Space. And then we're going to move on to World Celebration, where there's lots of stuff going on here, but actually not that much. It's basically where the park icon lives. That's where the new Walt statue will be. It's going to be super duper cool. Then we're going to move on to World Nature. World Nature is probably one of the bigger segments that I think we'll talk about here on this podcast because it's got like the whole land pavilion, the whole sea pavilion, as well as a couple of restaurants. And it's just got a lot of opportunity. So I'm super excited to jump into this week's episode of Respect, Refurbish, Retheme. So we're just going to kind of walk on into the park, walk through the front gates, and just kind of share our initial thoughts on Epcot. So what do you guys think about Epcot as a whole and its state right now? It's going towards a great direction. I really like Epcot. I used to not. They've done some really good things there that just caters to all audiences. I'm excited where it's heading. When the center opens back up, that'll be really exciting just seeing all that. But I like the state that's going towards. I really like Epcot. Obviously, I did work there on my DCP, so it is special to me. I think with where Epcot is right now, it's it, but I'm going to choose to look forward and also in what they've done in the past, I guess, six or so months. You know, they released the Connections Cafe and Gardens of the Galaxy, but I think that they're headed in the right direction. Almost here. Obviously, World Showcase is amazing. We're going to get that to that at another point at another time, but Future World definitely, and there's still a lot of construction walls. And I'm going to wait to give it a really harsh judgment on anything until 
all the construction walls are up, but definitely Epcot's been quite a mess for a long time. Since 2020, actually. I remember on my like third day, the construction walls went up and they've been up. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at three years now. Honestly, I agree completely with you, Colby, that Epcot's had a major identity crisis. I think the best slash worst thing, I think they go hand in hand with Epcot, the worst and best thing to ever happen to Epcot is the Epcot overhaul project because of the well, time that yeah. it, it, just its timing was so bad as far as Disney's part goes. Yeah. I think that it was a great idea. It was such an ambitious project and it would have it would have been beautiful. But with COVID and after cancellation, now we're here three years later, three years into construction and most of Future World is still like a, a pit. There's not a lot to do and the walkways are like, or not very good, but I am going to give them a little bit of a pat on the back. I do think they did an excellent job with the things that the new things that they have opened like guardians of the galaxy. I'm not a huge fan of the show building, but I love what they've done with it as well as like the connections eatery and that whole like area. I am sad that overall, I'm always going to be one of those people. I am sad that the fountain of nations is gone, but Same. especially since we're not getting it like that big festival center. Now I am said that's gone, but overall, I think that Epcot has a lot of potential for where it's going to go in the future. So I'm going to hold off my super harsh judgment, just like Colby, and until maybe after we give our ideas and Disney takes them in place and implements a few of them. So let's go ahead and jump on into the park with the park icon, Spaceship Earth. The big ball, as soon as you walk in, it's got a ride inside of it. What do you guys think of Spaceship Earth? I'm going to re update some things inside of it, but it's the park icon. I'm not going to change the ride completely. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Colby? This is easily my favorite park icon. I want to yeah. say that right now. Oh, no. Easily. Because as a kid, it's the golf ball. Like, it's the big thing yeah. that a golfer is going to hit. And But then as you get older, you realize just the beauty. And when they put all those lights on it, I, it really is a cool, really cool icon. Definitely my favorite. If I had to rank the icons in order, I would go Spaceship Earth 1. I would actually go Tree of Life 2. Really? Yes. Dude, when you really sit there and look at the Tree of Life, it is impressive. It really is. That's so true. And then third, I'll go Cinderella's Castle, but then fourth will be Tower of Terror or the Earful Tower if you... There, uh, I guess it's gone now, but... <laughs> I, think, I think Hollywood doesn't have a park icon right now. I think it has some distinct attractions, but they do not right. have a park icon. The ride itself, I think that... It's, it's relaxing. I always wrestle with Epcot because it is a theme park, but it, a lot of the parts in the rides in Future World are like educational. Yeah. And I don't think that's a negative thing. It's just not your typical theme park, if that makes sense. And yeah. so I can understand why people wouldn't like it. But I think Spaceship Earth is pretty cool how it goes through all the different ways of communication and stuff like that. So I know that they were going to change it. It looks like they're not going to now. I would have liked to see that just to see like the whatever new thing they were going to put in there. But I respect it for what it is. This is one of the things at Epcot. I would love for the ride, just like Landon, to get a little bit of a refurb. And even if that's just making sure everything works properly, like just giving it a little bit of love, that's what I would honestly love for Disney to do. But that being said, I, res I just like Colby, I respect it for what it is. I think that... Epcot is the exception for where for a theme park as far as educational purposes go because in World Showcase if you're below the age of 21 there's not a lot to do except to go around the countries and learn about the culture. So I think that Epcot is the only 
park to be able to do that well. But that being said, as much as I respect the ride, the exit area needs a bit of work. Project Tomorrow is something that I would absolutely completely retheme, redo, refurb and to like just update the technology, maybe even change the story that's over there a lot. I think it'd be cool. If they update Spaceship Earth, Project Tomorrow needs to be completely overhauled. So, I totally agree. I don't really like this. It's just extra AC for me at this point. So if they <laughs> extra it, AC. Yeah, if they just redid it to something more interesting, it'd be great. It's like a ride with a side of AC. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think wouldn't really care if it left. Yeah. I guess you can refer to it. That's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think Project Tomorrow is just the tip of the iceberg as far as this is the, the Spaceship Earth, like the park icon, the ride inside the park icon is the only thing that hasn't really gotten any love over the Epcot Overhaul Project. But that being said, since the Epcot Overhaul Project began, right underneath Spaceship Earth, you can now find in the Camera Center the new pin trading location for Epcot. The main pin trading hub is right there they always have a board up it's a little shop it's where you can get all your pictures for the park too every park has one at the front entrance but i do think that that this goes hand in hand with the gate the gateway gifts which is right across the way basically the pin store is sick but the gift shops i'm impartial to either of them so what do you guys think uh, man i really miss the old pin store pin trading across the world it was in the middle of epcot and there was always pin traders out there yeah i really miss that store i have really good memories there i made some epic trades with uh, some fellow pin traders there so i am happy that the pin trading store they have their own place and you can buy limited edition pins there which is the only yeah. place in epcot you can which yeah. is really cool for those that don't know you can buy limited edition pins from one one store in every park and that is the one for epcot so i do like that it's there and i like that it's like a central hub for pin trading of course yeah i like the location for it just because it's right there by the park icon so people are going to see it man i haven't been able to pin trade much lately but i got some today so i'm pretty excited so i like this topic Ooh, um, you're gonna have to tell me what you got later all right all right the uh boards are at this place specifically isn't the best obviously it's because there's a lot of foot traffic in there it's mostly scrappers but I mean, dude, i found some heat there have you i, I found yeah i really have i found a popcorn bucket one and i think it and those are the only real ones i've found there bro keep hitting it also ask this is a little tip always ask the cast members running the board what else they got now they won't always help you but sometimes they will and they'll pull out that hidden mickey that they're they have in the back because they always have pens and if you're nice you never know what can yeah it's a good tip man if only we were on a disney podcast where people are looking for tips like that that's, <laughs> that's true i think that well, i think we've covered the front entrance pretty thoroughly so now we're going to jump into the first new neighborhood the first new world that epcot introduced and it's world discovery and this is where you can find guardians of the galaxy you can find the abandoned wonders of life pavilion mission space test track as well as some gift shops and as well as like maybe one restaurant or two so let's go ahead and jump on into this part of the park with guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind honestly i'm removing this from the park don't care if it's just with concrete <laughs> whatever i'm getting no it's an I, expensive build i love but to be honest i love cosmic rewind it is one of the best things that Imagineering has put out in the past few years. Maybe one of the only things, but still, that is a, a good reason why I love it. My only critique that I would possibly have for it, I wish the line 
was a little bit different. Right now it's a virtual queue, which is perfectly fine, but whenever it ends as a virtual queue, if you look at the bottlenecks right there, right outside where it's at, that line is always gonna, you are always gonna have people standing in the heat outside because of how short the queue is inside. That would be my only critique. I would love for them to expand the line a little bit, maybe expand the air conditioning section. But overall, I understand why it's like that because of the footprint it holds in the park. Mad respect for Guardians of the Galaxy Rewind. Yeah, I just, for me, I would love if they extended the queue out. I just don't know if they have the room for that. Yeah. But you can't hate on this ride. It's amazing. It costs $500 million to make. It just blows my mind every time I see that. Or think This is my favorite the ride. Only thing, you got this instead of Epcot getting everything else. So, Yeah, yeah. That's so true. But, man, this might be worth it. This ride was really thrilling. And I love how they have the music in there. I'm still waiting on get it, to get September. Of course, we got Iran the first time I ever rode it. And it was just legendary. I... Man, when I think about the property itself, Gardens of the Galaxy, I would have never thought that Disney would make a premier roller coaster for Gardens of the Galaxy. It really came out of left field, but I'm honestly really happy they did because they really hit it out of the park. The only gripe I have with the ride is I think the queue is a little lackluster, but that's a real that's really nitpicky. But Disney has been really awesome with queues, so I just was expecting a little more. I think the pre-show is funny. That building is so big. It's the second largest indoor coaster. Did y'all know that? Yeah. Dang. I love Guardians of the Galaxy Rewind. Honestly, like Landon said, how can you hate on it? It's too good and it's too new. Something that is sad is the abandoned Wonders of Life Pavilion. And it will remain abandoned because the Play Pavilion is canceled, which is tragic. It's one of the many ambitious projects that Disney decided to do that is not coming to fruition. I'm going to go ahead and talk about all the things right over here on this side of the park, just uh, by all of them, Wonders of Life and Mission Space, as well as Space 220. I, can, I don't want to lump that in there because I kind of want to talk about it on its, uh, on its own. But Wonders of Life and Mission Space, I think that with Guardian of the Galaxy being right next door, and if you're not putting uh, Avengers Campus over in Hollywood Studios, because I know everyone's attached to Sunset Boulevard, I think this would be a perfect place to give us like a Stark Expo inside the Play Pavilion and put and use the simulator ride that was in there, where like the mind bot, like the Body Wars or whatever, because yes. that's the same ride system as Star Tours, and they rethemed Star Tours in another area to be a Tony Stark ride. Then you could open up this whole pavilion to be like a Stark Expo, and then honestly, you could trash Mission Space if you wanted to and put almost any put it give us like a trackless like web slinger style ride over there i think it'd be really cool and i would love to see that come to this area of the park amen brother that's good stuff, that's good stuff. i want all this to happen <laughs> definitely put a dark rider like a simulation thing in the play pavilion mission space can get scratched it's had its run bring it to a close it's outdated we want to ever, see the new stuff we want to see this energy Dan. we want to see superheroes I would love that. I would love that. I was pretty excited for the Play Pavilion. I was intrigued by it. The concept yep. of it was intriguing. So I was pretty disappointed that they're not going to bring that. I would definitely get rid of Mission Space. I like Mission Space. I think it's fun, but just no one goes on it. So I think that Disney definitely needs to get rid of it at this point. And no one in my family really likes to ride it. Or like people that I know that I go to Disney with really enjoy it. And it also shows, like I just said, in the wait time. I remember when I was working at Epcot, there was just never anybody there. So I do think they need to change it. I I definitely agree. I'd love to see Avengers Campus over here. I don't know how likely that is, but I think just if you're going to make Gardens of the Galaxy, 
that doesn't make sense in Epcot at all, just double yeah. down. Put it all over here. We're all on the same page here. I do want to hit on why I didn't want to lump Space 220 in with these because I think it's an excellent like example of Disney's Imagineering going above and beyond as far as just a restaurant goes. Like It feels like you're in outer space when you go in this. And the price matches as well as it's nearly impossible to get a reservation. So I have not eaten here. But I do. I did want to hit on how cool Space 220 is. So I am mad respect for this one. You're I'm going to refurb the prices. Hey, lower them. Good man. Yeah, that's what we need here. <laughs> I want to be able to go there every trip. I don't want to be like, I have to choose to eat at these three sit-down places or Space 220. I don't want it to be that. <laughs> I wish it was even with everything else. From what I've seen, I watched a little point of view thing. It's amazing. I've never been in there. Heard the prices. I don't know, man. I've never been to Spacey 20. I really want to go. I think that the idea behind the restaurant is genius. So I definitely want to check it out. But I've heard it's great. Now let's go on to something that I really do think needs some love. I think that Test Track needs some major love in a Disney park. This one, it's such a cool concept for a ride. I am a fan of the old Test Track of the Crash Test Dummies and all that jazz. I am a fan of that. But this one just hasn't aged very well, and they haven't given it nearly enough love. Yeah. So I would love for Disney to either refurb it or retheme it. I'm not super attached to it. I wouldn't mind a retheme, but I would basically, at the very least, refurbish it. Yeah, I I would refurb it. There's like little tiny things in there that I feel like they could easily fix. But hey, we're refurbing it to Marvel, so this gotta <laughs> go. I think Test Track. I think it's outdated. And I think that's a really simple way of saying it. I think that at the time, it was a really fun idea. It was like 1999, around that time that Test Track came out. And in it, at that time, just part of Disney history, that's when Michael Eisner was trying to put in thrill rides everywhere. Yeah. Ah, the cool so, era of Disney. Yeah, you. that's like, that's my era. That's why I love Eisner. But some of them, like, this isn't necessarily thrilling, honestly. I think that this ride just falls flat on a re-ride. I don't know if that makes sense. Like when you ride it first, I think it's fun. And then you ride it another yeah. time and it's, eh, it's not as fun. And then you ride it again and you're like, okay, I don't actually like this that much anymore. And there's not a lot of rides in Disney world that are like that. But I think test track is one of those rides. The more times I ride it, the less I like it. So I would definitely refurb it or retheme it to just something really different. And it's a, it's a big area, so I definitely would change it. Yeah. I do want to give it some love, though. There are so few rides that have single rider lines in Disney World, and this is one of them. If you go to the park by yourself, you still have to wait in those 60-minute lines if you don't pay for lightning lanes now. This is one of those rides that you can get on pretty quickly because of the single rider line. Just wanted to give it a little bit of a shout-out for that. As someone who's done solo days at Disney a lot, I do think that this ride deserves a little bit of love for there. But all y'all's critiques are summed it up pretty perfectly for me. And that kind of wraps up this section, this world of Epcot. So we're going to jump into the middle section of Epcot, the area that is mostly construction right now. And this is where you're going to find the new quick service restaurant, the new Starbucks location, and the new shop for Disney. And this is also where I mentioned it earlier, the Walt statue will be for Dreamer's Point. This is where it's going to be. So let's go ahead and jump on into World Celebration and talk about Connections Eatery and uh, the Starbucks location right next to it. Connections Eatery. This is a massive dub. Massive yeah. dub. It is so nice in there. And the first time I walked in there, I remember thinking, oh, go into this with a really an open mind because it was an open floor plan futuristic in a way like modern i initially didn't love that idea but 
Man, the colors in there just really work, and I just think that the food in there is really good. Every time I've got, every time I've eaten there, I've really enjoyed it. That's definitely my go-to spot. Has free refills. Yeah, it's just really nice in there. I honestly respect it. I wouldn't change anything about it. I think it's really nice. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. It's in definitely my top three for the park in general. So they they did a great job with it. I love like how bright it is in there. How there's like a lot of sunlight and just natural light. Huge windows. Um, That's a great point. Yeah. yeah, and I like the that you can see them make certain things. That just takes me back to like my childhood, like seeing them make like the cotton candy on Main Street. Like that's just like a special moment engraved in my brain every time I go. So just like being able to watch them make food there, it's just something I like. So it's that little personal connection thing. But it's great. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm on the same page as y'all. I have nothing but respect for this. It is one of my. It is my one of my favorite places to eat now on property. If it's in my top like. Top three, if not like top two. I think this yeah. is it's elite. The food is so great. You'll always find a place to sit because there is so much seating. The free refills, the chicken sandwich, the pizza. It's just good food for Disney. And like we, we mentioned it a lot on this podcast how food is fuel in Disney. And this is one of those places, one of those quick service restaurants that doesn't really feel like fuel. If it's like it's filling and it's good. Nothing but respect for Connections Eatery. Connections Cafe is the Starbucks location on property. I, I don't have a huge problem with it as far as that goes. I think the seating in there is also cool, like the bench seating that they have. There's lots of room to sit down. It's also super bright. It fits really well into the modern aesthetic for Disney. Not a fan of it, that it being a Starbucks, but that being said, we talked about it in the first episode of the Hollywood podcast. I understand why it's there. So I also respect Connections Cafe. And I think we covered those pretty thoroughly. I don't think there's a lot to say. We love the seating. We love the open windows. The design aspect is really cool. Let's jump into the newest shop on property with the Celebration Shop. It is the one of the newer additions of it, of this part of the park. And honestly, like of the shops on property, you can find everything here. And I genuinely, I like it a lot. So what do you guys think? Hey, it has that natural light. It's huge. I think it's a great shop. But yeah. There's a little bit of everything for everyone in there. And I just like the way it's all laid out. So A plus for me. Yeah, I'm a fan. It's a nice shop. I, I think and this was the replacement of what was the shop that was there for a long Mouse time? Gear. DreamWorks. Mouse Gears. Yeah, Mouse Gear was a cool shop, but uh, I think this is a good successor. And I, I do like the natural light. I like that. I like how it matches the vibe of Connections Eatery and yeah. Cafe. I'm a fan. Nice place. Yeah. And also another staple for Epcot is Club Cool. Club Cool is also right over here on this part of the park. What do you guys think of Club Cool? I'm a big fan of the sodas. So mad respect for this one. Of the partnerships that make sense in my head, Coca-Cola is one of them. Yeah. It's not as cool as the old version, but I'll give it a C plus for this one. It's just, it feels (laughs) like it's really crammed and it's like just hidden away. Like you got to have the intent of I'm going here right now to go in there. And then just like, if I'm going in there, more than likely there's a ton of people in there already. And they're all just standing there, like enjoying the drinks in front of the refill station, just because there's not enough room to, for everyone to wait around in there. I just wish it wasn't as small as it was. So I could go refill with something else and then just walk away and then go back up. If you know what I mean by that. Yeah, I do. Like how there were so many fountain stations in the old club. Exactly. And that's how it is at the Coca-Cola headquarters. That's how it is there. But that would probably be my only critique. I love the idea of it all. I love that you can just try different things from around the world. 
that puts a cool aspect on Epcot and really fits in Epcot just with the World Showcase. It's nice. It's nice to go in there and relax and just try the different drinks. There's also a few drinks in there that I really like. I'll go in there and just fill up on <laughs> some good drinks when it's hot. <laughs> it is a little small, but overly, I'm not overly upset about that. So yeah. I respect it. I don't think there's anything that I'd change about it. It's nice to have some positive things, especially heading into this next part of the park. This next item on our list is something that's going to need in some desperate love as far as Disney goes. Journey into Imagination with Figment is the next attraction we are talking about here on Rope Droppers. And man, I want to get y'all's thoughts on it before I jump into mine. What do you guys think? I think the ride itself feels a little outdated. So maybe if you like update like Figment in it. I love the aspect of having him there, having his own ride, but maybe just change a little bit about it. So I'm going to refer to this one, but I know Disney cares about this a lot and that they're going to do some stuff to that area as a whole. Yeah. I like Figment. One thing I really like about the aspect of Figment is that he is a park character. There is, yeah. he, there's no movie of him. There's no other property of him. Like he exists in Epcot and in Epcot only. So that aspect of it is really cool that he is the park mascot. The ride falls flat, but I do like the music. I think the music is really catchy. So that's something I really enjoy about it. I know that there was a rumor at one point that Tony Baxter was going to come out of retirement and redo this whole pavilion. Seems like that's not happening. I really wish that was happening because everyone kind of talks about there's three iterations of this ride. The first one had Dreamfinder and got worse on the second one. And now they took Dreamfinder away of all. And apparently it was a lot better with him. Also, Nigel Channing, like just sort of ran, it's just random, like the whole ride experience. So I would refurb it, but I would bring back Dreamfinder just because, and I've never wrote it, but I, just because everyone says that this is, that was the superior version of the ride. So I want to see it for myself and see if I really enjoy it. But I would never take away Figment from the park. That's just something I would never do. Because he is the identity of Epcot. No matter if you like him or not, I think that he's important to the identity and like what Epcot is. I agree. I think I would love to see Dreamfinder come back in some sort of capacity. But honestly, I think that the more likely thing to happen would be for Figment to stay and Disney to like somehow implement like inside out and like their imaginary characters into this ride make it to where joy sadness angry whatever his name is and gross like, i think that is more likely but for nostalgia's sake and for everything i would much rather see Dreamfinder come than to see inside out find a home here in the imagination pavilion something that i would love to happen though and that i think is likely considering they're bringing the figment meet and greet back to the exit of this ride I think that I think that if that is popular enough, Disney will update this ride. I think that is their test market, and that is how much they are going to see how much the demand is for Figment outside of his popcorn bucket. Major overhaul as far as this project goes in my head. I would love to see the exit of this ride also get some love along with it. Bring back the rainbow tunnel. Just bring back because that's what people like. Everyone loves the clean, modern-day look, and that's what you got going, and this version of Figma does not fit into that. So I would love to see them update it in that way. So now that we covered that one, let's jump into the final neighborhood of Epcot with World Nature. There's a lot to unpack here. It is the biggest neighborhood of Epcot. So let's jump into it with the very first attraction of this area with the Season Nemo and Friends. What do you guys think? I like it as a whole. The aquarium is my favorite part. Just being able to 
walk through there and see creatures and everything. It's pretty awesome. Uh, but the ride itself, I don't think much of it. Yeah. If you are a fan of the podcast or you've been listening, I did controversially take this in a like least favorite ride draft. And I was probably a little harsh on it, to be honest. But it, I don't think that it's that interesting. But I think that kids like it. And so... I, I'd keep it just because it is cool that you can see. I'll respect it. That's take cool. a picture in the mouth of the shark. It's one of yeah. my favorite Landon, that's not a real shark. I hate to tell you. Uh, no, it definitely well, is. It definitely is. <laughs> I'm glad he's not because he might shut his mouth and I'll be trapped forever. Oh, no. So since we're talking about this, let's talk about the morbid part now that I think about it, considering it's inside of an aquarium. The Coral Reef restaurant in Epcot, which is where you can get a whole bunch of seafood. So... I've never eaten here. My family's not a huge fan of seafood, but I've seen the episode of Boy Meets World where they eat here. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> Boy Meets I think World. it's a cool restaurant. Yeah, a bit of a throwback for y'all. I think it's a pretty cool. So what do you guys think? Dude, I'm-, I'm not a big fan. This place, I love seafood, and I got sick here last time I ate here. So I think maybe I'm my, my thoughts are a little skewed because you probably don't get sick every time you eat there, but I happen to, so I'm not a huge fan. This is crazy, but I don't think I've ever been here. They literally serve the animals you ride with on sea, the seas with Nemo and friends. Is that you not get, You can get clownfish. You can get Just kidding. I don't think they do that. They say yeah. fish are friends, not food, but sometimes. We can't leave the sea pavilion without hitting on the best thing in Epcot. Turtle Talk with Crush. It might actually be. Really? No. Really? I was going into that <laughs> a little bit. I was being a little, I was being a little sarcastic. But I yeah, me too. For, yeah okay okay okay. yeah for sure i don't think this is made for me but that even that being said i think that at the very least update it to make it like more recent interactive technology and put here or put in place here i would love that but yeah i wouldn't be i wouldn't be hurting if they decided to get rid of this so i would be upset if they got rid of it just because i i love the technology of what, how they use this with Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. But I would love to see them refurb it and make, like you said, make it. The last time I did it, it was, it did feel outdated. Now it's been years and years since I've done that. So I can only imagine like how I did, how I dated it feels now. But I always liked this as a kid. So I would love to see them just update a little bit and make it a little nicer, sleeker. So that's fair. Yeah. As a kid, I loved it too. I couldn't tell you the last time I went on it, but it was super fun. Updating technology, I think Disney needs to do that with everything throughout the years when something is able to be more advanced and there's just a better way to do something. I think Disney needs to understand that and do that. So we'll refurb it. That's really all there is to talk about in the Sea Pavilion. So something that we can do is walk on over to the Land Pavilion and go watch another show with Awesome Planet over in the Land Pavilion. I honestly respect this for what it is. I don't know what else should go here, but... I, I respect Awesome Planet for being a nice place to take a nap in Epcot. What do you guys think? This is so dumb. No, I don't want to disrespect it, but this kind of feels like you're in 10th grade and you're watching something from a substitute teacher. That's what it feels like for me. But I don't like hate it or anything. I It is a good way to get out of the heat, but I just, this is like that argument of the educational side of Epcot, if that makes sense. Now, the only thing, I don't know what I would put here because it's a show building. Yeah. So I don't really like, has to be a show, but it's it's relatively new. Yeah. I don't know. I just walked past it. (laughs) 
<laughs> There's not a lot I can say about this one. That's fair. <laughs> okay. I think that I think I agree with Colby. The only reason I wouldn't change it is because because I don't know what else I would put here. I think we've covered Awesome Planet pretty thoroughly. Let's jump into Garden Grill. The Garden Grill, which is a family style farm style eating restaurant in the land pavilion that actually spins not super fast it's not a thrill ride maybe colby will change that about it maybe he'll make it go faster <laughs> but i and i'm not a huge fan of the garden grill purely based off of price i don't like family style eating in disney there's one restaurant that the that's the exception of that and we'll get to that next episode but i'm not a huge fan of family style eating it's 55 dollars per adult and 36 dollars per kid for this restaurant which is just not worth it in my opinion there are better places to eat especially at Epcot, I would probably, I would change it from family style. I would refurb the menu. I would just try to make it better. I remember when I was a kid, only thing I liked about this restaurant, they had a chocolate pudding with worm, gummy worms in it, and they'd put crumbles on it and be like dirt and worms. Mm, only that thing sounds I, I so used to good. Beg, I used to beg to eat that at Epcot. A $3 snack that I could make at home, I'd make my parents go spend $12 on it for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of the Garden Grill. I would honestly, I would either refurb it or just completely redo the whole restaurant into something different. I do that it spins though, and that you get a nice view of the land, but it's nothing special. Yeah, I totally agree, especially for the price point. You can get a lot better stuff at Epcot. I, I don't dislike it. I every time i've gotten the opportunity to have a meal here i have liked it but i can agree that 55 dollars for a family style is probably not great you're spending a lot of money for an experience that's fair and i think the next thing on this list might be a bit of a controversial one for this podcast specifically for landon over here living with the land is the next thing we're talking about here it is I respect the heck out of this ride. It's one of my dad's favorite rides, and I have to agree with him purely based off of nostalgia. Behind the Seeds is a tour you can take where you get a behind-the-scenes view of living with the land. Really that just sounds makes cool. you appreciate the ride. Yeah, it's, it makes you appreciate the ride more. Yeah. I, I honestly, living with the land holds a special place in my heart, so I'm respecting it. I might add, like, a loop-de-loop in here somewhere, but... <laughs> now we're talking. Honestly, honestly... Bro, I, Glenn's I got jokes. Show. I don't mind this at all. I really like, I like living with the land, so I'll respect it. Y'all know my thing on it. I just don't like it. I like the greenhouse. I think that is a, that's a cool part of the ride. But the first part is boring. Makes um, me want to walk around it all. So if that's what I can do with what you said, I'm all for it. Yeah, it, it would seem more interesting if you were able to walk around it. So that's what, that, that's definitely an aspect. Maybe I'll try to do that next time. They, are they still... I don't know if they brought back the tour back, but I know they were at some point. They will bring it back at some point. So yeah, maybe that's that's, that's a goal. Like maybe next time we can do that. Yeah, I would yeah. love to do it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that Landon doesn't like it. Colby, what are your thoughts on it? I like it. I do. I respect it. Now, here's something that I think uh, at least I don't like at all. I'm completely redoing with Sunshine Season over here at in the Land Pavilion. It's the quick ser the other quick service restaurant in the future world section of the park i guess it's the only one in world nature i hate it i think this menu needs to be completely redone the food is super lackluster yeah it's not and it's just not my favorite i'm redoing this menu yeah i, I totally agree we ate there a lot growing up so i've been here plenty of times and i don't go anymore just because the food just seems kind of eh, like a little bland nothing special there's better options out there so yeah just refurb that menu yeah i do like this eating i will say even That's though what i was it gonna say seem, yeah, it seems a little chaotic, but I like it. 
The seating is definitely nice. Now I do seasons because it gives a different take on what you could get at a theme park. It's all like relatively healthy options in there. So I do like that. But I think that there are better options in Epcot, especially during festival season when you can walk around and spend. So we didn't really touch on this on Garden Grill, but I know Glenn had brought it up earlier when we were talking off mic and how you were saying that you could just walk around and during festival season and buy $55 worth of really good food and you can get really filled up and really happy. I think you can do the same thing with sunshine season. Now I'm going to actually throw a curveball. I am going to respect it. So now let's jump into the last attraction for respect refurbish retheme with Soren around the world. What do you guys think of Soren around the world? I love Soren. I love the around the world version. The California version was growing old. So when yep. they changed it to around the world, I was a huge fan. Still am. I wouldn't change anything about it. I respect it. I think it holds up. I don't think it's going to go out of style. So I definitely respect it. Yeah, I respect it too. There was a brief period of time that I got tired of Soren, And it was probably because my mom used to think it was just the best ride ever. And as a kid, <laughs> I was like, this is inside. But the older I've gotten, I love it. It's definitely great relaxing, but also provides great views and a good theme in there so i appreciate that i am also i'm gonna throw a little bit of a curveball in here i'm going to refurb it but what i would like them to do is i would like them how we've talked about with other shows that are like continuously going on in disney like at least the ones on screen i would love for them to rotate this out make it like soaring over a boring one would be like Louisiana, but make it like soaring over different (laughs) states like just adding a little bit of spice to it would be really cool. I do respect the ride for what it is, and I don't think it needs to do this to stay relevant, but I just think it would be a cool aspect of Soren if they decided to do that. Soren over Rhode Island. Oh, we're already Soarin done. <laughs> Soren over Wyoming. <laughs> you just fall asleep. I love Respect Refurbishery theme, and honestly, that's it for this, this segment. Next week, we're going to be covering World Showcase, but for now, we're going to just jump on into the next section, which would be the draft. So, yeah, I'm very excited for this week's draft. Cole, we presented this idea earlier of picking the best Disney rides to ride at night. And we all ran with it. I love this idea. So, yeah, without further ado, we're going to pick our top four picks of the best rides to ride at night. Starting with Glenn, then Colby, and then finishing with me. Yeah, I think there are a lot of really good options here. I'm really excited for it. That's why I'm going to be picking Haunted Mansion. I'm kidding. I'm going to pick an indoor ride for the first round. It's inside. Um, No, I What I am going to pick, my honest, my first round pick, I'm picking Big Thunder Mountain. This is one of my favorite attractions to ride at night. I think that it's super duper cool during the day. So just the thrill aspect of doing it in the dark just makes it even better. So. Yeah, I love that pick. That was actually my first pick, but I'm really happy to get my second pick as well. At night, it lights up the sky, and it is Slinky Dog Dash. The lights on this ride are just so amazing, especially when you are like backing up and he's telling you to hold on, Slinky is. When you're going under, those lights are just magnificent. So Slinky Dog Dash. This is going to make y'all mad, but I'm going to pick it anyways. I'm going Tron. (laughs) <laughs> Colby did it in a much more controversial pick, so I think that now that it's actually open, I think it's a fair one. Took my first two picks, to be honest, so <laughs> had to bounce back. Yeah, I'm going to keep going on the Magic Kingdom roller coasters, and I'm going to go with a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train as my second overall pick for this draft. I, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, if you can get on right when the fireworks start going off, it's a totally different ride. It's a blast to ride, so 
Seven Dwarfs is my pick for my number two spot. Good pick. Yeah, I like that pick. That was on my board. I'm have to cross it out. With my oh, next pick, though, I'm going to go with Expedition Everest. This ride has a totally different tone at night, in my opinion. It's a really cool experience. And then when, let's just say you're riding in the front and you pull up to where the track ends, it's just darkness out there. It's just a really cool way to ride it. I've only actually gotten to ride it when it's really dark a few times because obviously Animal Kingdom closed early for a really long time. It was awesome. It really added to it. Yeah. All right. With my next pick, um, I'm going to pick Haunted Mansion. I know that was the joke at the beginning, but I'm going to take it. The nighttime really? atmosphere. The nighttime atmosphere, it gives it like that dark and gets the hairs on your neck standing up. And then you get to walk in and experience the haunted. The queue is outside. <laughs> but the ride is still inside. Who cares? It's dark. <laughs> but if the ride is okay, inside. If you, if, if you think the, it's not just the ride, it's the whole experience with the whole thing. Okay. For the okay. same I'm, reason you picked you Slinky take, Dog for the whole outside <laughs> atmosphere with the lights. That's true. But that ride is outside. And the sky is blue and the Pope is Catholic. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this might rival me drafting wet concrete. Uh, no, it does not. <laughs> Let's be clear. It does not by any means, brother. Let's be clear. But that's about the only thing. Man, what a what an interesting list so far. All right, but for my pick, I'm gonna take uh, Tower of Terror. It adds that extra thrill at night when you can't see like anything. Like whenever you op it opens up and it's nighttime outside, I think it really builds on the attraction. So Tower of Terror is my third overall pick. Good pick. Good pick. I was gonna take that next, actually. But it's so inside. No, but there's a moment when the door opens and it's dark. Okay. Yeah, whenever you're dropping up and down, like the actual <laughs> thrilling part of it. Yeah. Landon, you're not getting you're not getting out of this one, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. For the listeners, they're trying to sabotage me. Pick me. <laughs> and then send me your. Oh. Uh, I'll send you my Venmo and I'll vote for you on my accounts. Don't worry. Landon. Okay. Okay. I don't either, so it's fun though. All righty. All right. My next pick is Astral Orbiter. When I think about rides that are really elevated at night, Astral Orbiter definitely comes to my head because I really don't have a lot of interest in riding it in the day. But when you can ride it at night, I think it adds like a different element to it. And then it may even be up there during the fireworks, which would be really cool. So Astral Orbiter is my third pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'm taking the People Mover. You get to see a little bit of everything at night. You get to see Tron. You can see Space Mountain, all Tomorrowland. And then if you're lucky, you can see the fireworks as well. Yeah. So I think you get a little bit of everything by picking this one. So that's why I'm going to take it. Shoot. That was my next pick. That was my fourth round pick. Honestly, I'm going to take Colby's advice and I'm going to take Test Track. Not that it has anything super special going on at night, but I do think that it does go outdoors so you can see the sky, which is a big benefit to thrilling at night. Yeah. Test Track is my fourth round pick. All right. For my next pick, I was in between two, but I'm actually going to go with Jungle Cruise. Ah. Uh. Because one of the I had one of my favorite skippers ever. I don't know his name. I have no idea where he is in life now. This is probably ten years ago. He's listening. He did one. That would be insane if he was. He did one of the funniest jokes, and it was nighttime. So you're going your jungle cruise. There's this part where it's like the backside of water, and he stopped the boat, and 
He said, all right, guys, are you guys ready to see amazing things? Are you guys ready to see the best show on Disney property? And we were all like, yeah. And then he like turned off, the, he turned off the light. And so it was like pitch black. And so we're right next to the backside of water. And then he goes, da, and does that, does the Fantasmic theme while like turning the lights off and on. And he goes, you just saw Fantasmic. And we all just started dying <laughs> laughing. It was very funny. And that joke would have not been possible without it being dark. So yeah, that's why I yeah. chose Jungle Cruise. Very that's funny joke. Reason. I love stories like that. All right, I'll take a deep breath real quick. <laughs> He's going to choose it incompletely indoor ride. <laughs> Everyone take a deep breath. It's not indoor, it's outdoors. Okay. What did we sleep on? I'm taking Soarin'. Dumbo. Oh my god! I cannot believe this. Dude, I love the lights of storybook at night and i love the little carnival vibe so i'm taking dumbo is <laughs> as painful as it is to pick you it said you did it everything you said you hated about the aspect of this ride is why you picked it. <laughs> no i'm saying that's why i like it at night the way it lights uh, up this is landon's water, weakest draft of all time Dude, it's this. i'm gonna win <laughs> there's no way just wait till i post this on my main account man at one at his second pick my man chose a ride that is indoors (laughs) and then for the fourth pick he chose dumbo (laughs) that's crazy that's oh my gosh hey this isn't a choke (laughs) no you're right it was your second you were losing from the second round i don't know what so we're surprised no one chose alien swirling saucers that's what i thought he was gonna pick honestly like when it for his last so so i would have probably lights over there are really good I think that would have... And we don't draft shows, but Fantasmic is... That would have been probably number one. But obviously, yeah. it doesn't ever go on during the day. Yeah. So, I honestly, not really I, fair. I nearly drafted, like, a Sunset Safari ride on Kilimanjaro Safari. Yeah, that would have been a good one. I That was actually on my list. And also, Teacups was on my list. Let's wrap up the draft section, all right? Because, goodness. I hey, that's good work. I'm not ashamed by my picks. <laughs> Stand by I'm them. Gonna, I'm gonna... He's on an island, folks. I'm an island boy. Wait, no. Alrighty, so I went first. So my picks were Big Thunder Mountain, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Tower of Terror, and Test Track. Yeah, and then I went second. I took Slinky Dog Dash, Expedition Everest, Astral Orbiter, and topped it off with Jungle Cruise. And the winning picks were Tron, Haunted Mansion, People Mover, and Dumbo. Brother. Okay, that's fair. I think that's an absolutely, I think that's a fair assessment of this week's draft. Y'all can vote on this week's draft on our Instagram, actually. There, we'll talk about the winners and do things like that. So I'm excited to see who wins this one. I'm on the edge of my seat. Now we're going to be moving on to what is a really fun segment of the podcast that I think all the boy, me and the boys love, which is the Disney Trivia Showdown. This is the part of the show where we're all kind of Disney experts. So we really just want to stomp, not stomp. Really just want to stump each other with the Disney knowledge that we have. This week, I'm going to go first with my question, and then it'll be followed by Colby. Then Landon will go last, and then we'll see how it goes. My very first trivia question for y'all. Are you guys ready? Yes, let's do it. All right. We talked a lot about Epcot today. We talked a lot about the Sea Pavilion, the Aquarium. (laughs) How many gallons of water is the Sea Aquarium? Okay, I know this. They've said this before. A hundred thousand. Is that close? Can you give me if that's close? That's not close. No. I want to say that's in the millions. Gosh. 
Is that correct? It's in the millions? It's in the millions, yeah. I'm looking for more of a like a closer exact number. I'm gonna say I remember hearing this five million. Five million. I'll take Is five that million. It's five it's five point seven million. I'll give you five million. I don't know if I should take that. That feels like look, the point seven is that's a lot of water. That's seven hundred thousand gallons of water. But, yeah, that feels <laughs> off. But I that's my that was my honest guess. That was my honest uh, guess. I just well, couldn't because, remember. And especially whenever it was the largest aquarium, Disney flashed that everywhere. Yes, I remember that. It's a fun trivia fact that I just held on to. Cool. That was right. a good question. Thank you. So Disney used to have interventions, right? And there was a thing where you could make your own coaster. What was that called? Ooh. I know it. Landon, do you know? I don't. Go ahead. Some of all thrills. That is correct. Some of all thrills. It was really fun. I remember I made one of those with my dad one time and my dad was like very thrown off after because I made us go have seven inversions. It was insane. And of course I'm thrill lovers. I loved it, but yeah, no, it was cool. I was only allowed to go on it once because I added so many loops that it freaked my mom out. So she never really, (laughs) that was one of the coolest things that they ever had. I don't know why they took it away. It was cool. It was fun, but it just went away. It closed before Interventions did, which was really sad. I think they just lost the sponsorship. That's what happened yeah. with a lot of Interventions. Alrighty, Landon, do you got your question? I do. Alrighty. What size replica is the Eiffel Tower compared to the real Eiffel Tower? So I know it's 108 feet. Is that right? I'm talking about as a fraction. Okay. One thirty second would be my would be my guess. I would have gone like one sixteenth. Something like that, one to sixteenth scale. Dude, the Eiffel Tower is really big. It's I've never huge. been. I'd... Yeah, but the, and that one is real. The one that we have is really small. Yeah, it's one tenth. Really? One-tenth. Oh my gosh, that was really. Isn't off. that crazy? Well, it'd yeah, because at one hundred and eight feet, that would make it a thousand what eighty feet. Yeah, I guess one thirty second. It's it can't be the size of the whole city. Yeah, that that, that... Space. <laughs> I didn't really I didn't really think about that. I didn't think through as well as I should have. Your hand or the Eiffel Tower in France would have to be deceivingly, deceivingly big. No, that was fun. I love some good Disney trivia. The more I did think it was one sixteenth, but I thought that was fun. So that's a wrap on this episode of the Rope Droppers podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I had a blast with Colby and Landon out here talking about this. It's good to be back. I had a good birthday. Thank you all for the birthday wishes. Yeah, now we're just going to wrap up the show. If you guys want to vote on this week's draft, you can follow us at the Rope Droppers Podcast on Instagram and as well as you can find our personal accounts and that one down in the description down below. I don't usually ask for this, but if you all want to rate us five stars on Spotify or if you Please. like us on Apple Podcast, uh, it really does help. You'd be surprised. As well as under each episode, episode if you listen to us on spotify i ask a question like last week i asked do you want to get rid of muppet vision and so far 75 percent of people have said no that's that i ask interesting questions like that that have to do with the podcast and we might even start voting for drafts on there i hope you guys like the show i had a great time my name is glenn my name is landon and i'm colby and this has been the rope droppers podcast we'll see you real soon (laughs) 